0: It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by Vermel Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your ice castle dealer in Pine River, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Brainerd Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, the power line, Chef Robert's Fish Breading Mix, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Napa Auto Parts in Baxter, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Nielsen Hardware and RV, your Central Minnesota Ice Castle dealer, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors. Ryan Moon.
1: And welcome into this week's show. Starting to feel like summer now. We've had a bit of a heat wave. We'll see how that has affected fishing across the state. Ray Gildow has fished seven lakes in five days, so he'll have a full report for us. We'll talk a lot of bass fishing with Mandy Urich and another great recipe from Chef Joel from Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we'll kick off the show with our lake and field report. Brought to you by Oars and Mine in Crosby. No matter if your goal is pike, trout, walleyes, or bass, Oars and Mine gives you 10 different ways to get the bite. The next time you're in the Cuyuna area, Oars and Mine is a must-stop located on Highway 6 in Crosby. And we'll get things started. Always nice to get a visit from Ray Gildow at the Niswa Guides League, who has been a very busy individual out on the lakes. You and I were talking off air, Ray, what, seven lakes in five days?
2: Yes, That's seven lakes impressive. in five days. Uh, you know, on a typical year, I fish probably 40 lakes. So I try to move around depending on where the customers are. In this case, I had customers from Bacchus for three days, so I got a chance to move around, jump in different places, and kind of find out where the bite is, and that's where we want to go. And we did pick a couple mornings where the bite wasn't, but you know, when you uh, go three days, you're going to have you're not going to kill them every day. Right, that's
1: fishing. Yep. Where do you want to start? Which lake?
2: Well, let's start on Winnie, okay? Because I, I just just came off of Winnie, and. Uh, I, you know, I am amazed. The DNR is saying that the water clarity has gone from 22 feet uh, back up to 9 because they think that the zooplankton is recovering a little bit from the harsh winter. But I just about everywhere we drag, uh, we're drag, we dragging Lindy rigs, we're picking up zebra mussels. Just clobs of them. It's just amazing. Winnie is still really good. And uh, we do a lot of work, of course, you and I, with High, with high Banks, mm-hmm. with Kim and Rick up there. And so I went to High Banks and... Uh, the morning was a little slow, which we're trying lindy rigs, long leaders, four or five foot snells, um, mostly crawlers because crawlers have been better up there than leeches as of late. But there's still people catching them on jigs and minnows, and there's still people catching them on, on leeches. Uh, in the afternoon, I put on some spinners, and bang, we really hit them. Uh, 18 to 19 feet, most of them later in the afternoon were coming up on top of the reefs, and uh, that was a lot of fun. You know, we can... Pretty well take the guesswork out of it for customers. If you get the hit, hold on to your pole. Sure. And you've got one. Um, lots of 19-inch fish, which we can't keep on Winnie because it's got to be under 18 or one over 23. But still, to catch that many nice fish, it's still a lot of fun for customers. So Winnie's been pretty darn good. During the week, you might see six or seven boats out there. Hmm. It's just amazing. It's not overly populated. Uh, and then Leech. Let's jump over to Leech for a little minute. I, I haven't fished. I didn't fish Leech at all this past week, but there was an AIM tournament. That's a walleye tournament. There were two separate tournaments. One was on Saturday, and one was on Sunday. And I forgot the winning weight. It was an unbelievable amount. Uh, they don't actually keep fish. They take pictures of them. They have SIDs. They have SID cards. They put in with dates on it and everything. And so they actually measure the fish and and put them in, but the stringers, the top two or three stringers on leech were really big, big fish, lots of six, seven, and eight pounders. The overall fishing for the average person has been slow, but you get some of the pros out there that know how to fish, and they were pulling them out of weeds, and they were pulling them off of rocks, both. When I say off rocks, those are more of those mid-lake humps now, they're, they're out in that area, uh, but the bite on leech is still pretty tough for the average person. But I think on Sunday there were 100 teams, and there were only two teams that didn't bring in fish. <laughs> so, you know, it's, they're out there. Uh, you just kind of have to know what to do to try to go get them. But right now I would really encourage people to start going with blades, um, you know, either with bottom bouncers or, or different, like a three-way swivel with weights on it. And a two-and-a-half, three-foot snell off the back of that weight or that bottom bouncer, that's been working pretty well for me for walleyes. Then uh, I've also been fishing in the Brainerd area. I had my lunch handed to me one morning <laughs> <laughs> down here uh, trying to fish for bass and didn't do well. And then the next couple of days they were on fire. Just didn't matter where you went, didn't matter what you threw. But uh, for bass fishing, and I know Mandy will come in and she's kind of the, the bass pro here now mm-hmm. when, when she's here. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm a real big on plastic worms. It's pretty easy for customers to throw up. I know Mandy uses a lot of different uh, techniques, but uh, there is another big bass tournament this weekend now on Gall Lake, um, and a lot of tournaments on on our area lakes, uh, specifically Gall, North Long. And I do think that makes it a little tougher for the average person to catch bass because they're seeing so many different things. Mm -hmm. But uh, still, I think it's been a pretty good bass time. And now that we're reaching temperatures in the 90s, It isn't so much fun to be out there (laughs) as it used to be, especially (laughs) if there's no breeze. Right. But the panfish bite is really heating up. And um, a lot of places when I've been fishing this last week, we'll see nice big sunnies. In fact, I was catching sunnies on five, six-inch worms, (laughs) plastic worms. Nice eight, nine, ten-inchers. So the, the it's a good time to really get out there and start looking for sunfish if you're a pan fisherman. And there's also been a crappie bite in some of the area lakes, and the crappies are still hanging in 9 to 10 feet of water. So there's a lot of options. I think a lot of times people come here just focusing on walleyes in the Brainerd area, and the Brainerd area right now when it gets hot, walleye, the walleye bite's pretty tough. Try some of these other things. You know, try bass or try panfish. Try going out and get some big sunnies or some big crappies because that bite's going.
1: Absolutely. It's always just nice to stretch a line. That's oh, it absolutely. Said. You bet. One last thing, Ray, uh, before we let you go, uh, back to Winnie for a moment. And, and it has been interesting because that has been kind of the chatter this year is how good fishing's been on Winnie. You've got firsthand reports yourself. Is there any theory to that? Because normally it's been so quiet. And I know people over there don't talk a lot. But is it just a year class that we've got that's going on right now that's making it so good or just maybe more people
2: are hitting it? Personally, I don't know. I I don't want to pretend like I'm I'm a scientist and I I know. But I really do believe that with the water clarity going back to a more normal color, which is um, eight to nine feet down, that's when you can start seeing the fish when you catch them. They don't see you as well when you're in 18, 19 feet of water as they do when, you're, when the water clarity is 20, 22 feet of water. And I don't know if that spooks them out from underneath the boat when you are moving around. But I really believe water clarity has been a factor here. And then I think um, the year class is all the way from 14, 15 inches up to 23, 24 inches. Uh, we, the ones we were able to keep this t- uh, last week were under 18 inches which is, on other lakes, pretty t- hard to find those 16, 17 inches. Mm-hmm. On Winnie, they have to be under 18, and you can have one over 23. And, by the way, they are encouraging people to keep one fish over 23 inches to try to reduce those big fish down. So I think it's a combination of really good numbers in the lake, and I think it's, it's much more um, easy for, for anglers to get on top of these fish because I don't think they're getting spooked away as much as they do when the zebra mussels have cleaned these lakes up so clear.
1: It's interesting because we're, you know, we talked to Matt up on Cass where he's basically saying that, you know, people he knows have fished that lake for 20 years have to relearn it. Even some of the area lakes here Gull Lake, you fish fished that many, many years, Ray. You're probably having run in the same thing now with the water clarity and stuff, having to kind of relearn that a little bit too.
2: Absolutely. And uh, one of the things that the DNR folks are saying locally is the same thing. Uh, the zebra mussels have changed that environment. And where we used to find these fish easily, they aren't there. They're in different places. Uh, but for sure, this time of the year on gall, they're, they're in the weeds. Because if they were in the deeper water, 20, 25, 30 feet of water, you could see them. And we just aren't marking them. So they're in the weeds where they're harder to see. But I think that's absolutely true, that water clarity's changed, and it's changed how the fish behave in the lake.
1: Ray Gildow, NISWA Guides League. You can check Ray out at uh, raygildow.com as well as uh, all over social media. I appreciate you stopping by, bud. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Brian. All right, when we come back, we'll talk all kinds of bass fishing with Mandy Urich. She's been very busy out on the water. She has the latest when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. And back in studio with us to talk a little bass fishing is Mandy Urichs back. Welcome back, Mandy.
3: Great to be back, Brian.
1: And uh, one of the things I wanted to do on the show this week, uh, we like to think that people listen every single weekend. That's uh, pretty lofty expectations. But I'm sure people have missed uh, a few segments. And I know bass angling, you've probably seen it too, is really starting to take off.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just... At a local level, at a, at a high school level, at a club level, at a college level, I mean, you can't walk into a store and not see Bass Tackle everywhere. So, yes.
1: Yeah, so it's a lot of interest there. And you have brought a lot of information in the last month. So I thought maybe we would just recap uh, some of the things that we talked about because uh, there is, like I said, a lot of information out there. Why don't we start off? With your favorite thing to do, bass fishing, and that is frogging, is that still something that's good this time of year?
3: Absolutely. Once we hit that that water temp that gets into about seventy degrees, 71, 72 degrees, and as long as that water temp is holding there, I mean, if we have a great fall, it'll frog great right into fall for you. So, absolutely doesn't matter if it's you know if it if it's sunny, if it's overcast, uh, the pads, the rice. I personally like pads and rice that are maybe a little bit deeper. So I would say three feet or over for for water depth underneath is usually pretty good with frogging. And if you are going to frog those, uh, there can be cabbage underneath them, but just make sure that it's not a complete milfoil mat because obviously the bass are sitting below those pads and they're looking up. So they've got to have some kind of open water between the pads for them to be able to see that frog.
1: Using those in in addition to other plastics, and we'll get into some colors here too in just a bit, but uh, is there also a, a, you know, do you want to fish slow with frogs or do you have to let the water temp and the fish dictate what you're doing there.
3: Uh, like we've said before, the, as the water temp rises, so does the bass's metabolism, which means they get even more aggressive when when feeding. So, and you just gotta play with it too. Uh, I was just out last night actually, we were frogging and uh, me and my partner will actually, one will throw one style and I'll throw the other style just to figure out what do these want. So one is just the basic, throw it out, burn it back, you know, as fast as it can, maybe stopping and, and open pockets of water, twitching it a little bit, you know, and then continuing to retrieve hoping to get that strike, just reaction bite, where then I would cast and I have a little bit slower popping, almost popping that frog across and letting it stop, you know, two, three, four, okay, real, pop, 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 bringing it in. But there again, the fish are going to tell you which kind of retrieve they want.
1: And when we talked about this the last time too, a question I posed to you, for those that maybe want to get into this, they say, that looks kind of fun. When you walk into the store, it can be a little overwhelming. So what is it you were looking for when you go in?
3: Frogs specifically, if I if I go in, I'm looking at the different weights. So a lot of people don't realize there's weights in frogs. Yes, there is. So depending on your own uh, personal casting abilities, obviously, if you get a heavier-weighted frog, you can cast it a lot further. I personally like those. You can really chuck them out there. With that being said, just remember, the further you cast that frog, the harder it is to get an actual hookup. It doesn't mean you're not going to get that bass to blow up on it. Absolutely, it will. But it just exponentially cuts down on your uh, hook-setting ability. So, um, And then color, too. And they, They've got so many different arrays of, of colors that look like leopard frogs. I mean, they've got pink frogs. They've got everything. Um, I'm, I'm pretty plain Jane. Uh, I say a black frog just because in clear water and turbid water, uh, you're still getting that outline and they can see it. Um, but if you are predominantly fishing clear bodies of water that are super shallow, hey, branch out, try something new. Pick 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 a frog, any frog.
1: What is it that you like about frogging so much? Is it the fact that these bass just come flying out of the water? Is that the whole thing? Because that that can be a
2: rush.
3: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't know. Just and sometimes it's just like like a shark. You know, you're reeling it, and you can actually start to wake behind it, and you're like the anticipation of like, okay, okay, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, and then smash. <laughs> you know, this thing comes blowing out of the water, and and it's a fight too because even the best hook set that you can give that they're diving down, they're getting into the. Pad, there's a bunch of veg on there. You never know if you're really going to land that fish. So it's not just like getting out on a weed line or pitching some reeds. It's It just really ups the ante for getting that fish to the boat.
1: I can see why you like it so much. It's a lot of fun. If you could be in the studio, we should need to do this Facebook Live sometime <laughs> because you see the smile on Mandy's face when we get to talk frog, and she just loves it. Uh, one of the things you talked about early on in the bass season, and you stress water temp, water temp, water temp. You and I, before we, we started recording here, uh, talking off air, that's a bit of an animal out there right now because our water temps, you were on a, a sizable piece of water earlier this week. And you were shocked at what the water temp was out there. And that's really even before we hit this 95-degree weather.
3: Absolutely. I. You know, when we went, we keep saying we had this super late spring and it, the weather's been kind of crazy. And then all of a sudden we caught up. Like everything was where it should be except I I feel personally like our water temps are way above where they, they should be for this point in time. Normally in August, we get the dog days where we're getting those 90s plus days. We're going to see that water temp really jump, you know, into the high 70s, low 80s. We're there. We're there right now. And I've been on four bodies of water and all four of those bodies of water are significantly warmer than what I'm used to seeing them at this time of year. So it, it's going to be interesting and it, it's going to affect the fishing and it's going to affect the fish here in a bit. Um, we're still okay. It's going to be one of those things if we get a ma- massive algae bloom or not, uh, which is going to be the deciding factor.
1: And that's what we talked to Matt about last week. He was a little surprised, and a little concerned. Uh, they didn't have a massive algae bloom up there yet, but it's earlier than he's ever seen it.
3: Yeah. And, and, and there again, so it's not just us. We're seeing it across the state where you know, water temps are on the rise fairly quick.
1: You haven't seen a fish any fish killed yet? Right nope, now, no, nope,
3: nope, no, no, no fish die off yet, but uh, just something to, to look. Just keep your eyes open for. It, I guess.
1: Yeah, that'll be something we'll definitely keep an eye on. Uh, another thing too, you brought this up last week. I wanted to recap too. Uh, watch your graph this time of year, especially with these water temps where they're at.
3: I keep saying watch your watch your graphs, and it's hard, especially if you're bass guys, because a lot of bass anglers like to fish shallow. And if you're in the if you're really in the heavy veg and the cabbage, you're not going to see anything but your cabbage line. You're not really probably going to be seeing fish unless you've got side imaging, but. Don't be afraid to pull out and, and make that zigzag across the those weed lines. You know, start in nine feet of water and go to 20 feet of water and just kind of make a zigzag pattern back and forth and, and pick up where you're seeing those fish predominantly at. Because like we've said, like I'm even seeing the majority of sunfish being pulled out deeper to that outside weed line. Well, sunfish are like number one, number two on a bass diet. So if you find a bunch of sunnies, you're going to find the bass there, along with other species, obviously. So just be very cognizant about, you know, watching your graph. That's why you have it. It's not just there to tell you how the depth is and what the water temp is. It's also a fish finder, so use it.
1: And then one last thing, uh, when we, you know, we talked frogs and all that, um, but maybe if that's not for somebody. And they're going, oh, maybe I want to go more of a traditional bass route and stuff. Um, What do you like to do this time of year? And also, uh, we want to talk some colors there, too, because there's just so much out there as far as artificials go for bass anglers right now.
3: I'm gonna skip the first and go to the second and backtrack there, color. So there's just some really super simple rules of thumb and I know they sound odd, but it totally works. So when you have to think about the rainbow and the color spectrum and what your water clarity is doing. So if you have super clear water, um, the light spectrum only penetrates certain feet or down below. So we got fairly clear water around here. So I say if it's light out, you can throw a bright natural color. So if you're in a clear body of water and it's, you know, a sunny day, don't be afraid to throw your your greens, your browns, your green red pumpkins, your, you know, something like that. And if it's a dark overcast day or if you're fishing fairly deep or in turbid water. So when I say fairly deep for bass anglers, if you're going at, you know, 15 feet and below, even on Clear Lake or in turbid water, darker waters with an overcast day, blue-black, baby. you got to throw the blue-black. I don't care if it's a jig, if it's a craw tube, if it, it, blue-black definitely uh, is the way to go. And it's because you can actually see, that bass can see that, that bait better as a black than is it being a natural color that's going to blend in at those, at those uh, deeper depths. Right now, I would say look at your map. If you can find a nice, nice deep breaks that come up and, and top out maybe with uh, a reed patch or a nice vegetation flat, something like that, something that goes from maybe five feet of water to a drop to 20 feet of water, get on that edge and pitch it. And uh, don't be scared to, to downsize. Throw that jigworm. That's one of Ray Gildall's favorite go-to. He just absolutely loves a little 16th ounce jig with a 8 inch or a 10 inch power worm on it. That's fine. Finesse it, throw a jig throw a tube it doesn't matter but that's where i'm going to be fishing the next few weeks
1: there you go well i knew that this was going to be a fun segment to do for bass anglers a lot of information for you mandy eric mandy if people want more info on you how can they get it
3: find me on Facebook, they can find me on Instagram, they can tune in live, or they can find us on podcast.
1: There you go, everywhere. We are podcastable all over the place. So, Mandy, I appreciate you taking the time to come in, and uh, we will check in with you here real soon. Sounds great. Thanks. All right, when we come back, we're going to check in with our good friend Brian Bro, Bro's doll We haven't talked to Bro in a while. We'll see what he's been up to when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3.
0: You're listening to the place for everything outdoors in the Brainerd Lakes and beyond. Brainerd Outdoors Radio, just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3. Now here's your host, Brian Moon.
1: Get back out on the water, we bring in our good friend, contributor to the show, Brian Bro Brosdahl joins us. Bro, how are we doing? Hey, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for stopping by. We've been talking a lot of different stuff on the show. We talked a lot of bass fishing with Mandy. Uh, Ray Gildow's been off doing all kinds of different stuff. Steve's out on Mille Lacs with muskies. Wanted to talk walleyes with you, bro. Uh, how's that been going for you since the opener?
4: It's been, actually, it's been really good uh, for my guide trips. Uh, the walleye fishing has been excellent. And uh, for the people fishing in the area, Leech Lake, Cass Lake, Lake Winnebagoche, uh there's a there's a strong bite on all of them uh morning and evening's been the best uh with all these fronts rolling through it's got some of the, the fish scattered but um uh afternoon's been a little bit tougher uh but you if you want to get them you got to go in the weeds they're buried in the weeds on all the lakes uh, and also rocks if you get real uh bright conditions uh i'm finding on leach lake that uh, some of the rock piles are just perfect the big tall rocks are enough shade and they're hiding in there and they want to feed. But what I'm seeing is the shiners came in and all the trappers did really well getting them. And here, not that many days later, when the shiners are in a good full swing, the water temperature is going up fast. So the walleyes are already feeding on crayfish, and uh, which is quite a bit earlier. Some there's been years where I've seen this, but so uh, a rainbow spinner or a uh, you know a crawler. On a road rig and hammer walleyes, you can go out and you can jig them up with shiners. Uh, there's some lakes, uh, fatheads and rainbows work better. Uh, try, try experimenting with different bait and you get a better hit. The shiner's are a little longer, uh, so you want to use a long shank jig like an RZ jig. Uh, but uh, if you put a fathead on, they suck it down because it's a smaller minnow, and you don't need a giant fathead either. A medium sized fathead works. a lot of the smaller lakes uh so it's all how you want to fish you go on a a troll and cover water Uh, with spinners. you might catch a few more fish but uh actively uh uh snap jigging along a weed line or on some rocks works really well right now
1: one thing i wanted to pick your brain on bro we talked to matt about this uh last couple of weeks and you know cast lake has been a surprisingly hot lake since opener, and it's really kind of evolved. A lot of people that have been fishing that lake 15, 20 years are having to relearn it because the water clarity is is becoming an issue there. What have you noticed out there?
4: Well, yeah, the water clarity, the fish uh, will spook away if they flare away from your boat in the right pressure conditions. They'll just sit there and you can catch them right under the boat. You can see the bottom, and and sometimes you can see the fish in the right pressure conditions. They're not afraid, though. They're there to feed, and but it's, it's pushing, pushing them down into the 20s, even 30s in in some areas. And uh, minnows are a big deal on casts, something that's swimming along. And long long leaders, like 6 to 8 feet, are working just to uh, have the bait flow naturally through the fish. And the bite has been good. The jig bite was good early, and uh, the, the rigging bite's good. But it seems like minnows are, are king there. Minnows are crawlers. Leeches have, are, are really good in some of the bays of Cass Lake. Every bait's got its personality, but that's why you go on the boat with me. <laughs> you know, to figure that part out. But, uh, it's, uh, it's been a good bite, but I would say right now, um, it ain't easy. Uh, there it, it kind of, we're, we're past the, the good bite. Uh, that's, uh, that's old news now. It's actually kind of tough. But if you fish Cass Lake in the morning, evening has been best actually, uh, as, uh, this, just before sunset. Uh, the fish get more active and swim around, uh, that's that's the time to get them. Uh, but during the day, there's uh, not much of a bite.
1: And one last thing, bro, I wanted to pick your brain on. Uh, I know you like to chase around the big bluegills and crappies this time of year as well. What can you tell us on that front?
4: Uh, the, the crappies uh, came into spawn a long time ago and got chased out by the cold weather. They came back in, and some bodies of water, they dumped their eggs, and other bodies of water, they haven't. They're big and they're puffed out and they're fat and they want to dump their eggs. The water temperature fluctuated and with all these fronts rolling through, it's hard for fish to spawn. There's been walleyes caught with spawn in them. There's been a lot of crappies still have spawned in them. The rock bass spawned. They they must have, on most lakes around here, they're, they're in a hurry. But the, the crappies, the bluegills are biting great. And the lakes that have invasive weeds like milfoil, they're holding to it they love it and uh, cabbage is good milfoil is better or even a natural uh, milfoil or coontail clumps have been holding fish Um, but get out there throw some uh, firefly jigs and also if you want to cover some ground clip on a jig spinner on an rz jig and uh, put a little uh, a smaller fathead on there on a uh, 16th ounce and pitch it around that little the little spinner, it's like the old-fashioned beetle spin, but you make it yourself with the right hooks. Uh, is a really cool deal.
1: So there you go. Bro, if people want more information on you, uh, how can they get it?
4: Uh, go to brosguideservice.com or Facebook me. Look me up on the Internet. And I'm ready to take you up my new ranger.
1: Well, have fun out there on the water, bro. I appreciate the time, as always. Uh, Brian, bro, Brosdall. And uh, we'll talk to you here real soon, okay? Hey, thanks for calling, Brian. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3.
0: You're listening to the place for everything outdoors in the Brainerd Lakes and beyond. Brainerd Outdoors Radio, just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3. Now here's your host, Brian Moon.
1: Time for our Famish Fisherman recipe on this week's show. As always, we bring in Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon in Baxter. And Joel, talking to a lot of people, catching some crappies this time of year. Uh, I got a good one this week, macadamia-encrusted crappie, right? I That's that right. right. <laughs> we're going
5: a little different route. Usually, you know, you see the uh, almond-crusted or well, we're going to go macadamia nut-crusted crappies. So we're going to take, uh, you know, one to two pounds, nice, clean crappie fillets, fill those on a baking sheet with a little bit of oil down on the bottom of them. We're going to take our uh, roasted macadamia nuts and bread crumbs, and we're going to toss that into a food processor just chop that up real good, make sure it's all, you know, kind of a nice crumbly form, add in a little bit of butter to get that moistened up, and we're just going to, you know, generously... Top our crappie fillets with that macadamia nut crust. Toss those in the oven. Not going to take very long, obviously, kind of a small fish. You know, 5, 10 minutes. Um, while that's cooking, in a little saucepan, we're going to have a little uh, brown sugar, soy sauce, and a little bit of fresh ginger going. We just want to keep that on a nice low heat. It's kind of thickening it up until uh, all the sugar dissolves into the soy sauce. We're just going to set that over the top of the fillets. Enjoy
1: good to go. So if you want to head to our website, by all means, uh, check it out. Uh, Head to BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com and then you can try macadamia encrusted crappie. Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. Thanks, Joel. Thank you, Brian. And that'll put a wrap on this week's show. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, Monday mornings at 5. You can stream the show live if you're out of town or away from your radio. BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com is where you'll find the stream. Just click on the Listen Live tab. You'll also find the On Demand and podcast there at the bottom of the homepage. And speaking of podcasts, it's another way you can catch the show. We're on all the podcast platforms, Google Play, Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, you name it. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors. Just search. Very much appreciated if you give us a nice rating. We'll see you next weekend. For another edition of Brainerd Outdoors, I'm Brian Moon.
0: Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by Vernal Shoe Store, Randall Newman Construction, Thielen Meats and Little Falls, SCR Northern The guys who answer the phone Northern Sales and Manufacturing Your Ice Castle Dealer in Pine River Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd Ores and Mine and Crosby Pine River State Bank, Bimerd Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery The official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms The Power Lodge, Chef Robert's Fish Breading Mix, s and W. Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Napa Auto Parts in Baxter, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Nielsen Hardware and RV, your Central Minnesota Ice Castle dealer, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evening at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors, right here on B93.3.